Joining us now, John Daigle from 4 for 4 and Bet Spurts here to talk about some of his favorite prop angles for week 11 of the NFL season. John, thank you so much for joining us. I guess we have to talk about last night and uh, some of the rather unfortunate things that happened in terms of Joe Burrow uh, potentially missing some time with his injury. Mark Andrews might very well be done for the rest of the season. So when we talk about, say, all of the things that have gone on uh, from last night in terms of key injuries, how do we look forward here? What are we supposed to do uh, about the Bengals and the Ravens, uh, all of those things as far as, uh, you know, futures and maybe even games coming up? Bear with me, first of all, because back on the road with family for Thanksgiving ahead of time. So not working with the same professional mic. I usually sound like a cartoon character. <laughs> in. I'm going to have to sound like a cartoon with this one instead this week. But it's just unfortunate. I also hate when these backups get thrown into these situations because it's not their fault. It's the organization's fault. Everyone's upset at Zach Wilson if you're a Jets fan when the Jets went into the season with a 40-year-old quarterback, a terrible offensive line, and they knew through two years who Zach Wilson was. He gets thrown in the fire, and it's his fault. And now it's the same thing. Jake Browning was one of the league's worst quarterbacks in the preseason. And the, and the Bengals did absolutely nothing about it. Just said, fine, we'll give up. We're not going to do anything better. So he's about to be under the fire, and it's not going to go well at all. Not to mention, that defense, it's such a letdown. I really thought Louie Anarumo was trending to be perhaps offense or assistant coach of the year, but also throw his name to the hat for like the fourth season in a row to become a head coach this offseason. But this defense now continuing to allow a league high and explosive plays per week. Uh, they're just not getting it done. The pass protection is bad as well, which won't help Browning in the future if we're missing time. So it's just a situation where given that the Bengals have the toughest remaining schedule in the AFC North, not only that, but now Dorian Thompson Robinson under center for Cleveland, you just have to bet the Ravens. You can't think anything else. Mike, I mean, the, the gap between the tier that Lamar is on and then now the rest of the division, now we Unreal. can't even say Burrow. Now we can't say, oh, well, at least you got Burrow in the same tier. No, no, not second tier, maybe not the third tier uh, with everybody else throwing Pickett in the mix as well. All right, so last week was actually an over week. So guys like you, fantasy, dive into props. I know that's very exciting. And, and I'm wondering, I know we have a 32 and a half, 33, but let's throw that one to the side for a minute. But I'm looking at these numbers wondering if, if uh, we're going to get back to normal, right? Like we've got a handful in the high 40s, Monday night, everybody's looking forward to Philadelphia and Kansas City. So is there a specific game that you have circled that you think, okay, you know what, that's going to be the highest scoring of the week for props, for, you know, all sorts of different betting angles. That's what I'm targeting. If you do DFS, whatever, uh, fantasy guys, I want guys in this game. What's that game this week? I think the game could be Bears-Lions because <laughs> I'm torn. Uh, we saw a ceiling from Justin Fields in the two games before he was injured. He was injured in that third game where it began trending in the right direction. Uh, even had his most design carries per game in those last two starts compared to his entire starts in the first month of the season before that. At the same time, it was against the Commanders and the Broncos before they became an above-average unit on defense. This is still when they were historically poor. So I'm not sure how much to weigh into that. At the same time, though, we know that the only way to attack both these defenses, the Lions and the Bears, is through the air. So if we're going to get a ceiling, it's going to have to be done through efficiency, through
through the quarterback since both rushing defenses are awesome. Very rarely do we see teams make big splashes in free agency, but dude, the Bears linebackers are so good. And like they are just creating what is quite literally by every metric, uh, the league's best run defense. Not to mention the Lions too, although they have proven to be a pass seed. We kind of talked about this last week too with Justin Herbert, where I questioned if they would get it done. But now we know the Lions have had really just three tough games all year and all three quarterbacks, Geno, Lamar, and Herbert, had no issues just moving the ball at will through the air, something to look to towards Lions' futures. So if Justin Fields is completely healthy and we get this ceiling outcome, since you can't run on the Lions, top five in both yards per carry allowed to opposing running backs and in limiting explosive plays on the ground too, then I think that's the game where it all adds up. Uh, the only other one I can think of, and I feel like such a sucker, because I know, I know it's a public spot, and at some point, the Texans and C.J. Stroud will yes. come back to earth. You cannot be this good as a rookie consecutively. Having said that, it just seems like a spot where the Cardinals' defense is the thing that's going overlooked and just how piss poor they are. Like, that was their first game last week to pressure the quarterback on over 40% of his dropbacks, and that's only because it was Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter. Uh, they were 30th in pressure rate heading into that game. And guess what happens when you leave C.J. Stroud untouched? He's averaging the third most yards per attempt with 15 touchdowns to two interceptions from a clean pocket. So I really think the Texans could move the ball at will too. I guess I'm just a little concerned because I do know it's the public side and that always worries me a little bit. All right. When Joe asked that question, I wrote down Bears, Lions, Texas Cardinals. Uh And what about Dolphins Raiders? I think that Mm. could be another one, John, where we could see some props. Anything you like in that one? I'd probably still lean to Devon A. Chan overs because it wasn't four weeks and then returning off injured reserve. It's been six weeks. He's had that entire bye and the extra time to heal. I bet he comes right back at full strength, not to mention Raheem Mostert still battling that lingering ankle injury. And the Raiders, this, this ain't the spot. Like I think Antonio Pierce is a great story. I'm happy for them. But when you're... <laughs> When you're providing the league's highest run play rate these last two games, uh, you can get away with it when it's the Jets and the Giants. You cannot get away with it when the Dolphins come or host you, and that's an offense that's 28th in place per game, but they're still leading the league in the rate of their drives to end in a touchdown because they don't need plays. They just skip third down and score on you. So whenever Antonio Pierce and Aiden O'Connell are staring down the barrel of a three-score deficit, you can't run the ball with Josh Jacobs. You're going to have to throw. And it's probably not going to be pretty. It's only a two-game sample, but now since Dolphins, who also had a two extra weeks to heal over the bye, it was the Patriots and the flu game for Patrick Mahomes, but it was still the seventh lowest rate of drives in and a touchdown among all offenses in the league that the Dolphins' defense held their opponents to. So it just seems like the perfect storm of a game the Raiders shouldn't show up for. I usually am tepid about big spreads. I am not about that one. They're probably just going to lay it on. Uh, Having said that, though, since I have now been asked in consecutive questions my favorite prop for the week, I'll go ahead and give you the audio clip for next week because since we got (laughs) Stafford at full health, I believe it's a week to bet the overs on Puka Nakua because the Seahawks are one of those defenses that you can set your watch to. They're playing zone coverage on over 80% of their snaps since they returned from their bye, a stretch of five games. And this year, Puka has been awesome and the more dominant receiver against zone coverage. They're also 
mixing him with Cooper Cup from the middle of the field, which is how we target the Seahawks too, since with both Tariq Woolen and Devin Witherspoon healthy, they've been awesome. They're literally allowing a league low yards per catch from the boundary, but you can still attack them up the gut. And Puka against zone coverage this year has not only seen 61% of his targets against said coverage, but he's had a league high 49 catches for the seventh most yards per route run against that. So I have confidence in Puka and I like the number for the Rams too. I'm crossing my fingers and Stafford is practicing full throughout the week. I don't think they're lying about it like we were lied to about Joe Burrow's injury. The cover <laughs> up is on from the Bengals already and Zach Taylor. But uh, mm-hmm. with Stafford healthy, remember, Sean McVay has had Pete Carroll's number. They found a way to hang around um, in all these games with McVay, even going back to last year, that was Baker Mayfield and John Wolford. And they were only outscored by the Seahawks by a combined seven points. McVay still hung them around. And Stafford comes out in week one and wings it around the field for 337 and eight and a half yards per attempt. So I do like the Rams with the number two. It was also curious in that game that Tutu Atwell went off for more than 110 yards or whatever it is. And it's like, yeah. you know, he's not wide receiver two or wide receiver three most times. He's just uh, a gadget, I suppose, more than anything else. But uh, that will be an interesting game, to say the least. And definitely I like the look as far as Nakua goes. Uh, what, and I get it was against the Giants, but what is it about this Cowboys offense that impressed you the most, uh, scoring as much as they did last week? And what is replicatable against the Panthers, knowing full well that this is another massive spread? Like the Saints, who it took them the last three games, but they had issues scoring in the red zone. And they it finally clicked. I, I don't blame reporters for doing their job. But the puff pieces about Derek Carr this offseason just lost the fact who Derek Carr is for his entire career. And he was literally dead last in the league in completion rate. A 40% of his passes completed inside the red zone. And now these last three games, they've said, if we, ha- if we need to score, if we need to get better as an offense, we have to take the $150 million quarterback off the field. That's the only way we get better. And that's what they've done. They've instead put Taysom Hill in that position, and they've become a better scoring offense for it. It's the same thing for the Cowboys. I don't necessarily blame Tony Pollard for everything. Uh, I could be biased as well for fantasy reasons since he was one of my highest drafted players. He, he also hasn't been explosive at all. But the running the ball these first two months in the red zone was not it. That was, Even this past game against the Giants, he had three goal line carries and he couldn't punch it in. And then here comes Rico Dowdle in the second half, gets one goal line carry and has no issues dancing in the end zone. So it, it is a lot of Tony Pollard, but at the same time, they have put their trust into Dak Prescott, and it's obviously worked. Over the last month now, Prescott's averaging 9.2 yards per attempt, has completed a league-high 70% of his passes, and has 12 touchdowns, not to mention the, the two rushing touchdowns in that span as well as somehow he got his legs back. Uh, he doesn't look the fastest individual, but he's also like a bigger linebacker type of profile. So he's adding it all now. My only concern, Ed, I'm curious if you have a look here, because I've been thinking about the props for the Cowboys, and I thought there's just no way the Panthers hang around. But as betters, we still look ahead. And the Cowboys have that massive divisional game, short turnaround against the Commanders. And so I just wonder if I'm also, like the Texans, I'm buying into some kind of magic a little too late. I wonder if I'm going to be behind by betting this big number. I think I'm actually worried. I don't know how the Panthers would cover, but I think I'm more worried about a backdoor than anything. Mm. Will the Bills see a bounce back after firing their coach? No, not this week. Okay. Absolutely not. Uh, 
I, again, I could be a sucker here. And by now, we all know how poor Josh Allen has been against Robert Sala, even going back to last year, because that's when they added Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. So it's, so it's important that Allen has yet to reach 240 passing yards in those games, a total of wow. two touchdowns and five picks. I believe that MGM, when I bet it Monday, it was at seven. I don't think they've moved. I'm, I'm looking to see if I can get a hook to at seven and a half. But I have the number at seven for the Jets. Um, and I like Gabe Davis under receiving yards quite a bit because in these games also against Sauce and Reed, Gabe Davis hasn't reached 35 yards in any of those games. And last I checked, his prop was around 38, 39. So more than comfortable playing that all the way down to 36 under receiving yards. And it's also just the fact that although the Bills have been better the last month, they're, they're getting a little more formidable against the run. And that's the perfect time to do so since the Jets just cut Michael Carter. We're expecting more touches for Brees Hall this week. The pass defense is still just so bad. I, I don't know if that means it's bad enough or Zach Wilson has success. You have to go through three universes to probably get to that outcome. But can Garrett Wilson, like, do something? Can they get enough done to cover the seven? I think so. So I like the Jets with a number. Any other props that you have your eye on, matchups that we could take a look at? Um, I was looking at Herbert against this Packers defense. Any any interest in that one? Were you looking at under passing yards? <laughs> no, over. <laughs> I, think, I think that would be my lane. And just for, for reference, I haven't bet it yet. Uh, and I also was a little bit concerned that Keenan Allen popped up, banged up this week. It seems like he's going to play – and remember, last year without Keenan Allen, or I should say with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams at less than full strength, Austin Eckler had a 26% target share. So I, I think that's my lane more than anything, is Austin Eckler receptions over against this poor Packers front seven. Uh, uh, trust me, Aaron, I, I've literally thought all week, I thought this is like, is this Christian Watson? Is this Jaden Reed? But I, as much as I am, I usually put bias aside and just bet the numbers. I can't do it with Jordan Love. I cannot get there. I tried to wrap my head around it. It is, on paper, a great spot for the passing game, but I can't do it. So I think my only lean, honestly, would be Austin Eckler overs there. No, that makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, i got about a minute, less than a minute left here. Uh, first preview of Eagles and Chiefs. What do you like here? Chiefs coming back from their bye. We all know the old cliche about Andy Reid coming off the bye. Uh, I think the Eagles are technically the better team. But the fact that the Chiefs are coming out healthier now, both on defense and offense, and again, the last time we saw them, it was the flu game. You can kind of just throw it behind us. I do like the Chiefs with the number. That's the way I'm playing it. It's probably going to be completely different, honestly, whenever they play in the playoffs. But for right now, especially given that Jalen Hurts is battling that knee injury. I honestly just think the Chiefs are, yeah, in the better spot. So nothing nothing too crazy. It's going to be a fun game. I'm excited for it. It's probably going to go under because primetime games hate us. But I do still like the Chiefs with the number. Good stuff. John Daigle from 4 for 4 in Spurts. Thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. Enjoy the family. Enjoy uh, the travel as well and safe travels as well. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, the Bills get another chance to get right against Zach Wilson and the Jets. But will they? We'll discuss it right here on the BetQL Network.